Hi, welcome back to another serving of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, a potluck of information and insights about the physical therapy profession and practice from experiences of Filipino physical therapists around the world. So today, our guest is Maria Angela Boras, a sports physical therapist. Uh, she is the clinical director of the UP College of Human Kinetics Sports Physical Therapy Clinic. She's the rehabilitation coach for the OCR Filipinas, which uh, was a champion team in the ASEAN Games. Uh, she is a chairperson for the uh, Philippine Physical Therapy Association Sports Special Interest Group, and she had her uh, certification in Sports Injury Specialist from the National Exercise and Sports Trainers Association. So, welcome to the show, Ange. Hello, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for uh, giving your time for the show. So, before we uh, move on further, could you um, uh, give us a brief background on how you started in physical therapy, what led you to that profession, and share to us where you're affiliated right now? Oh, okay. So, my first paid job as a physical therapist is actually as a research assistant for my faculty, my former faculty in UP Manila. So, originally, I was waiting for an opening for a tertiary hospital in the Philippines. So, let's not drop any company name. So, I was waiting for their opening. And while they don't have opening for the position, I decided to be a part of UP Sports Physical Therapy Clinic because they really lack manpower. Like, they just have one physical therapist for 26 varsity teams. Wow. So that was, like, super difficult. So I told, I told my clinical supervisor that while I'm waiting, I would want to uh, spend my practice here. Anyway, I'm earning something as a research assistant. Mm -hmm. So that's how I started, basically. And then apparently, uh, that specific supervisor or that physical therapist was approved to transfer to another country. Mm -hmm. So his post got vacant. And he said he actually offered it if I'm interested to let go of the position I'm waiting for from the hospital and just stay inside the so I decided to say for UP Sports Physical Therapy. So that's how I started. Um, at the moment, as you've mentioned, so I'm affiliated with UP. I'm also affiliated with the national team for obstacle course race. And I also am part of PPTA Sports Team, as you've mentioned. But I'm also part of STEER. It's sports physiotherapy and recreation. This is... Um, uh, a specialist center like this is basically for rehabilitation related to sports injuries. Um, we are located in BGC and we have another place in Montenegro. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned that 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 you were that in that post because uh, there was a an opening. Someone left, so that's why you took that position. But was sports physical therapy something that you were considering when you were a student? Ah, no, because originally I was actually looking at pursuing a medical degree after, oh. the, after my physical therapy degree. But my rotation, my clinical rotation at UP Sports Physical Therapy Clinic is my last rotation. So it was there in March. 
So during that time, since I've already passed all the other locations, it's more easy to decide on where you decide to go, right? Mm -hmm. Like what your specialization would be. And then after seeing how how much pressure the college athletes actually have, especially if they're UP athletes, and then realizing that UP is actually one of the top schools for physical therapy, right? Mm -hmm. But then the athletes do not have physical therapists. That's, that's ironic, right? right? So I was like, well, I think I want to stay here mm -hmm. <laughs> and help my university, you know, return of service because right. I am a scholar and a bayan after all. So return it to UP. And then I started doing sports very specifically. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. So aside from what you've mentioned that you wanted to give back uh, to the community of uh, UP, what drew you or uh, what made your stay uh, more meaningful in, in sports physical therapy? Uh, okay. So even when I started handling college-level athletes, after some time, I was able to handle professional athletes also. So it actually made me realize that the, you know, the problems that college athletes would have like if they cannot play, then they lose their scholarship. It also happens to professional players. If they don't perform well, then they're not even sure if they would have a job next season or next year. So it made my, you know, my the challenges of physical therapists more than just making sure that the athlete is okay. Mm -hmm. It's also helping them to make sure that they still have a source of income. It's making sure that I could help them physically, but the effect is not just on them because the effect is related to their family because, of course, they need money to sustain their family. And on the very physiotherapy aspect of it, it's more challenging because you're given this responsibility to decide in a very short time. Right. And if you are not prepared... Like, especially if this is a football match, you need to decide if this player goes out or stays inside the field. If you're not prepared, for sure, you'd be scared to death. But the mm -hmm. fact that I always wanted to make sure that I make my players perform better, I would always prepare for that. So I needed to study every time. I needed to learn about the opponents. I also listen to the coach when he gives instruction. So it actually made my physical therapy experience challenging and it always gives me something to look forward to mm -hmm. so i never felt stagnant like it's not just doing the same thing again and again there's always something different to look forward to right you're in the most dynamic area of physical <laughs> therapy because yes <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen in the field exactly. and you're going to handle the most acute of the injuries Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Definitely. Do you have uh, with the, the 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 dynamic setting? Do you have like a, a most memorable experience that happened in the field that that really tested your physical therapy skill? Oh, um, okay. I have different unforgettable experience. I uh -huh. must say, some because of the gravity of the injury. Mm -hmm. 
So I had players who collapsed during training. This is not even a game. This is training due to concussion. So I've no, I've actually seen real time seizures happening. Wow. And collapsing players and people panicking. So I needed to be the only one who wouldn't panic mm-hmm. because of course everyone else is getting crazy. Mm-hmm. But I've also seen um you know the usual sports injury. I would say usual because I've of course we've handled lots of cases. I would see different versions of ACL injury. There would be ACL injury that would be seen as very emotional, that in the end I got depressed also. But of course, I also saw ACL injury wherein the players are just, okay, I know this is ACL injury. We need to get MRI the next day. You know, it's not just about the injury per se. It's about what's connected with the injury also. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So you mentioned that you're, you're also part of the decision making right then and there. Um, and you're, you're the, the physical therapist of the team. Do you have other um, medical professionals along with you during trainings or uh, games? Hmm. So during, uh, by far, the teams that I've handled uh, have physical therapists as their main medical profession. Mm-hmm. So by the rule, I would be the one deciding during that specific time. Uh-huh. Wow. I know in, in, in other countries, mm-hmm. each team would have their own sports doctor. <laughs> their mm-hmm. own orthodoctor mm-hmm. and physiotherapist and athletic trainer, but this is the Philippines. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm the only medical practitioner on uh-huh. the, with the team. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Gotcha. So you also mentioned that you were part, you're also part of the, the, the training. So do you also have a input when it comes to strength and conditioning uh, of, of athletes? Ah, yes, by far all the teams that I've worked with mm-hmm. have um, have coaching staff that mm-hmm. are aware of what a physical therapist is. Mm-hmm. So we can easily communicate, like I could give suggestions on how we should be modifying specific strength and conditioning program for specific players. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I could actually do that. We can even suggest to our head coach in uh-huh. terms of planning the training recipe for the day wow that's great because i i don't know if like that before like physical therapists are just seen as like someone who would just handle injuries but it's good to hear that they now recognize the role of physical therapists even in training and not just not just in injury Ah, yes (laughs) i think i'm so privileged with it i i'm so blessed with the opportunity to work with this specific team because mm-hmm. the staff already are aware and even the players are aware of the role of physical therapists. For sure, some of the some of the physical therapists who's also in sports, um, not all of them would mm-hmm. be working with coaching staff who are aware of their job as physical therapists. Mm-hmm. Right, that's nice. Back then, I remember I also wanted to be a, a sports physical therapist. <laughs> I applied in, uh, what do you call this, in Philippine Sports Commission. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I thought, like, a selfish reason was if I become a, a sports PT, that would force me to uh, get in shape. 
just to play the oh. role. <laughs> just but that's true. But yes, yeah, yes. Right. Uh, but that didn't happen. <laughs> I wasn't accepted. <laughs> the, okay. second, the second time I tried to be a sports physical therapist was when there was a boom in um, the football soccer team. Mm-hmm. Uh, seen that there was a, uh, a, a clinic that was the official medical partner of that uh, league. And, okay. Uh, and I applied uh, as a physical therapist, but my BLS certificate was already expired. So, uh, <laughs> so I passed that opportunity again. So the third time was I was speaking with the strength and conditioning coach of ASCAS because we were high school uh, classmates and also um, colleagues in the college. And they were looking for a, a physical therapist to be, to be their team physical therapist. And we were talking and talking. Then later on, I found out that they got the physical therapist from the under-19 team and just uh, transferred him to the mm-hmm. ASCALS team. So I thought, so probably sports physical therapy is not for me. <laughs> so three uh, times okay. nothing happened. So. So, uh, yeah. so for you, what? Like, uh-huh. strike out. Right. So probably it's, <laughs> it's not like for me. It's like a strike out. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the uh, destiny is not there. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. so for you, uh, as physical therapist being in a dynamic uh, profession, what are the things that you um, did just to keep yourself updated and updated to the, the current trends? Of and demands of being a dynamic field of sports physical therapy. One thing is for sure, I never stopped learning. Mm-hmm. Like, um, even when I have attended courses on specific techniques, I would actually still attend courses with a specific topic just because I would want to see how another perspective would actually modify the technique. Like the sport, I also attend not just physical therapy courses. I also attend courses originally meant for strength and conditioning Mm. coaches. Um, Initially, like when I was just starting, I even did the CSCS exam. Mm -hmm. But of course, no need to renew it because I was really sure I would want to be the physical therapist and not the the because it's it's a thing now, right? Like right. you mix it. You're both the strength and conditioning coach and you're the physical therapist. So mm-hmm. I did not renew that that specific credential anymore and focused on um, becoming a physical therapist. I also do courses. I also attend courses related to orthopedic manual physical therapy. Of course, that's very much needed, especially when you're on the field and you need to make sure his hip goes back in because apparently in European countries where football is very much popular, actually that's their sport technically. Um, my players who are originally played from Europe, when they went to the Philippines, they're actually expecting that the physical therapist here could do manipulation techniques because it's expected outside the country. So I needed to study that <laughs> because I needed to keep up. And I also attend um, courses not directly related to sports physical therapy, but needed in sports. So I also have my anti-doping course. Mm -hmm. I also attended courses related to fair play, 
courses related to gender sensitivity because that would actually have a role also mm -hmm. in sports. Right. Keep on learning, keeping updated, so, right? So, and I watch lots of sports events on TV. And I've attended different sporting events like Olympics, World Cup, just to feel how it is to be part of that. Uh, what are the sports that you play? Ah, personally, I play tennis. Played because I cannot play now, but never the competitive level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then early this year, I actually started attending jujitsu classes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, but of course, now it's a problem because jujitsu is very much close contact. Uh, right. There. <laughs> yeah. So that, did that help you in understanding more of like movement and appreciating more of the sports scene, sport physical therapy scene, being engaged in sports? Mm, to be honest, it was not. I was interested in sports and their movement, not because of playing, mm -hmm. but because I've been watching anime, <laughs> like cartoons related to sports. Right. <laughs> So it doesn't matter. Like, so if, if, for example, someone who's not really um, a sports person, like uh, actively playing sports, he can or she can, can be uh, a good sports physical therapist. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Because, um, uh, so in UP Physical Therapy Clinic, we actually have student interns. So we always tell them it, it's not automatic that you need to be an athlete to become a sports physical therapist. It's an advantage, definitely. Mm -hmm. But as long as you have interest in biomechanics, in sports, the, the, the main thing is you're interested with what's happening in that specific sport. That could already give you a good advantage. Right, right. Uh, you are the rehabilitation coach for the OCR, OCR Pilipinas team. So, could you tell us more about what OCR is and what being a rehabilitation coach means? Mm -hmm. Okay, so obstacle course race. So, when I describe it, I always say this is your Olympic version of American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> of course, we can we cannot use American Ninja Warrior because it's a brand. But that's the easier way of explaining it. So, this is like your Spartan race. Mm -hmm. Okay, so being the rehabilitation coach was initially, um, I would not say tough because I've been handling different sports, but it's more of this sports is relatively new. Mm -hmm. So when we started pooling for athletes of the national team, you have a mix of professional athletes, but you also have recreational athletes who were able to qualify and became national team players. Mm -hmm. Okay, so why was it more challenging? Because, of course, they have different mindset. It's not like if you handle a professional team. If you handle a professional team, everyone already has this specific attitude, this specific skill, mm -hmm. this specific value. But this is different if you have a mixed pool. Right. So, basically, we started with explaining to them what a physiotherapy can uh, a physiotherapist can do for them because you know some of the recreational athletes they go like if something is painful it's okay but of course if you're competing that's not okay 
because you want to make sure that you will win and you are at 100% or more. So what helped me was the fact that when this team was formed, aside from me as the rehabilitation coach, we also have different coaches. So we have an obstacle course proficiency coach. We also have a conditioning coach, a running coach, and and the head coach. So it was easier in the sense that you can, I can I can focus on what I'm supposed to do to make sure that they are pain free. Mm-hmm. And if in case they are already okay, I could easily endorse them to the next coach, either the obstacle course coach or the running coach. Now, if in case they cannot perform well due to pain, it's easy to communicate also to the head coach that, hey, I think this player, this specific player needs to rest or shall be out of this specific competition. So it's it's good that in that team you have a lot of coaches and and you can focus, you, you've mentioned you can focus on what your uh, area is, right? But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so is that, would you say that is the recipe for becoming champions? Because they, they, they were champions in the ASEAN Games, right? Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that is one vital risk. Uh, that's one vital ingredient. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you... you it's a uh, two-way. You need to make sure that 50% comes from the athlete, meaning how they would take care of themselves, and 50% from the coaches. So the more coaches that you have, or the more specific the coaches you have, then you will be able to, you know, develop a better program. Mm-hmm. And it will make it easier for the athletes to train. They don't need to think about anything else, right? Because right. everything has been provided for them. Mm-hmm. Everything, is, was, everything was handed to them already. So mm-hmm. they can focus on their performance yes. now. And you would, all of the other coaches would take care of the rest. Yes, yes. Right. And... Uh, you are also the chairperson of the Philippine Physical Therapy Association Sports SIG. So what is the Sports SIG and what does it do? Uh, okay, so Sports Special Interest Group is um, a venue for physical therapists who are already practicing in sports mm-hmm. and who are interested in practicing in sports. Mm-hmm. So we actually have two types of members. We have those who are already in the sport PT and those who are looking forward to becoming sports physical therapists. Mm-hmm. All right. So what are the, do you have any uh, events or projects or advocacies uh, in line for the SIGs, for your SIG? Actually, the, the main re- the sports SIG has been one of the main SIG of PTTA. Mm-hmm. However, it has been on and off through the years. But we have decided to make sure that it would be given focus, given attention now. Because the ultimate goal is for all Filipino physical therapists specializing in sports to be a part of a bigger institution for sports physical therapists. And that is International Federation of Sports Physical Therapists. Oh, nice. So we are actually, um, IFSPT had already released like the specific knowledge, skills, attitude, competency needed by a sports physical therapist. So when we restarted it last year, that's 2019, we have been conducting introductory courses 
very specific to the competency needed by IFSP. Mm -hmm. So again, those practicing in sports and those interested in sports would have an idea of what are the specific competencies that they need to practice outside the Philippines, to handle international teams, to be part of NBA teams or to be part of La Liga teams, things like that. Uh, the main vision for this league is to become part of IFSPG, definitely. Uh -huh. Also, we are aiming that once we become part of the International Federation, we would be able to have a voice in the local sporting community, making sure that each professional team or each organized team would have a physical therapist mm -hmm. that would be commensurated properly and that would be performing the right job accordingly. So for sports physical therapists, uh, we are very specific in handling athletes. So the competencies that we are developing are geared towards making sure that you train your athlete and you make sure that he or she is ready to compete. So it goes beyond fitness. It's more than making them fit. Personally for you, what specific aspect of physical, uh, sports physical therapy uh, are you most passionate about? Ah, on a very personal level, personal, like be with all my values and everything, I am really into integrity in sports. That's why I cannot, I cannot refrain from being involved politically. But on a very professional aspect of being a sports physical therapist, I am very, I'm very much into the post-surgery phase, meaning for athletes who underwent surgery. Because these are the athletes who would always have lots of concerns. Aside from making sure that they can go back to sports, I need to check if mentally or emotionally are they coping for daily with their injury. So the UPCHK Sports Physical Therapy Clinic is always hosting a post-grad course on sports physical therapy. Uh, so what's uh, the benefit of uh, enrolling in, in such courses? Okay, so the courses in UP Sports Physical Therapy Clinic, um, we have two types. So we have the standalone courses, weekends, one topic only. But we also have the postgraduate degree course. So during this time, physical therapists who have already decided that they would want to try sports as a specialization will be able to handle their own teams. So they would be the one deciding on return to play, deciding on talking to the coach if we need to pull up, basically doing what we do. Now, the difference is we before we actually deploy them or assign them to their specific team, we give everything that we know as sports physical therapists to them. So this is like mentoring, really, passing everything, the experience that we have, the, we are also following the IFSPT guidelines, so we all the topics that are in IFSPT, we give it to them. So if you are interested to go into the practice of sports, it would actually be advantageous for you if you'd be able to be a part of the course that we offer. Mm -hmm. Right, because um, I guess in the curriculum, of physical therapy curriculum, sometimes students would just have like mm -hmm. one month of sports physical therapy ex experience, which would not yes. cover everything that you need to learn in sports physical therapy, right? So what do you think for 
example, what do you think is something that is important in sports physical therapy that you wish that uh, curriculums would have in, in, in oh. uh, PT schools? Good, good, good question. Um, just to clarify, actually, some of the universities do not have sports physical therapy at That's all. That's true. I didn't have uh, <laughs> rotation sports. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Have, there is there are just certain number yes. of students that would go in a sports rotation, but I didn't have any sports. Rotation. Yes. Yes. So okay. So in relation to your question, um, it is very fortunate that the upcoming physical therapists, the incoming physical therapists, already have a revised uh, curriculum. Mm -hmm. They are on outcome-based curriculum. Mm -hmm. So during um, during the planning for this outcome-based curriculum, I was actually one of the panelists, um, or well, one of the experts mm -hmm. that provided information regarding sports physical therapy. Right. So it would already be included in the outcomes of the next generation physical therapist. Yes, um, it would not be um, an optional course anymore. It's integrated already. So sports and orthopedic. Actually, the younger generation at second year level of physical therapy, they already have sports PT introductory courses. Well, that's great. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So they already have the preparation, like the men, the mindset, not to be afraid just because it's an athlete. And I think that's the most important part if you're a physical therapist. And you don't get afraid of your athlete. You need to make sure you can handle yourself, right? Right. Presence of mind. I think that's what exactly. Exactly. Physical therapist and don't panic. <laughs> yes, definitely. Every el everyone else will panic. You should not panic. You don't have that option. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I read before the in the, the post Facebook post, it, it was um, the course was titled as a residency program for sports physical therapists. Was it titled that way before? And why did you change it back to a post grad uh, course? Was there any reason uh, for be that? Yeah, because some of the participants or the interested participants they would have. Um, confusion with the term residency. Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest, actually, probably half um, of the total graduates of our of our course flew outside the Philippines. So they're actually using the course <laughs> to use it as credential to practice outside. Oh. How's that? Because it is it is accredited. I mean oh, it is acknowledged okay. by ERC. So if they use the um, the certificate that we release, it would also be acknowledged outside the country. Mm -hmm. So that's why we needed to change it because mm -hmm. we are not the accrediting body to become a sports physical therapist. What we can offer is just learning, mm -hmm. but not the title. Oh, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Right. Because here in the US, there are residency programs, just like what you're yes. offering, that if you wanted to go or specialize in a certain uh, field, for example, yeah, sports, you would go under a, a residency or a fellowship program to specialize. So same thing, you're going to experience everything that you have through experience. You have a mentor, you'll be guided, and you will experience being a team physical therapist. Mm -hmm. Then you can sit in the board certification exam, 
Mm-hmm. So it's just like like century exam, but this is given by the board of sports physical therapists. And if if you pass that exam, you become you get the title of board certified yes. sports physical therapy. Uh, wait, uh, clinical specialist in sports physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought that's where um, uh, the direction is going now. I thought you're going to be the what do you call this? The the pioneers in the uh, residency programs. Mm. What will happen is this is why we made sure that we will be able to re-establish Fortsing. Mm-hmm. Um, just like in APTA, mm-hmm. the board or the one that would credential you would be the national organization. Mm-hmm. But yes, you can have residency in your affiliate universities, affiliate clinics. So that's what that's our goal ultimately. Uh, right. The sports sake becoming the accrediting body and look for other universities, look for other teams who are willing to, to take in our right. residents right. for future tests. Right. That's a good one. That's a good vision, right? That would I hope it happens. <laughs> That would standardize all the, uh, what do you call this, specialties. You're going to yes. be the pioneer that would standardize all the practitioners into really specialists. These are the baseline knowledge and skills that you need to possess to be called a specialist. A specialist. Right, right. Yes. Wow. Actually, um, in the Philippines, we are already geared towards that. So years from now, you cannot renew your license unless you are a specialist. Really? Wow. <laughs> That's even a step up from what is happening here in APTA because uh, the special specialty board is optional here. If you want to add credentials to your mm-hmm. practice, then you can get specialized in whatever area that you you want. Uh, like me, I did a special uh, specialist exam uh, in geriatrics physical therapy because that's that's where I'm practicing so uh, it just makes sense to specialize in, in that so yes. yeah <laughs> so but that's a, a great idea that would as I said like level up the specialties in, in, mm-hmm. in our practice there All right um, I don't know if they're still uh, thinking in the Philippines uh, in the sports world, that uh, it's uh, oh, I'm I'm being careful because I don't want to sound sexist. Because <laughs> 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 it's primarily male dominated. Before sports, physical therapy would be mostly male. Were there any challenges or barriers that you faced when you started in in sports physical therapist, uh, sports physical therapy uh, being a female, or was that already gone when you started your practice? Actually, this is the reason why I said on a personal level, I am very involved with ethical issues related Mm -hmm. to sports. Mm -hmm. When I started, so before I handled my own team, I was the varsity PT of a university. But Mm -hmm. we know it's different from being a PT of a specific team, right? Right. So... When I was applying, I was not actually applying. I was endorsed mm-hmm. to be the next PT of this specific team. Mm-hmm. But this is a men's team. Mm-hmm. Um, the coach was very straightforward. Even when I was already endorsed, he, even at, he still asked for all my credentials. 
and interviewed me regarding, you know, my choice of men, things like that, because he mentioned that he was afraid that I might end up becoming a physical therapist and getting into a relationship with one of the players. Because apparently, it still happens in the Philippines. Mm. So, I mean, you cannot blame them. It's not because they're being judgmental or they're being sexist, but because they have had experience also. But after that, so, and I was open about it because for sure it's happening. Because I hear stories about that with higher ups, like older people. So I did um, what he wanted me to do and everything was okay. And from there on, all of the teams that I handled were men's team. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually never handled the female team. Yeah, I'm, my professional teams are all men's team. And I never had problems with that. Mm. So I think it's just a matter of you presenting yourself as a professional and making sure that they would not doubt you. I mean, you cannot right. blame them. Right. So there's still some um, convincing there. And yeah. you know, well, because of You need experience. to prove yourself. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. That's yes. something that male physical therapists wouldn't have to go mm. through. That's true. Definitely. Gotcha. So, um, well, coming from that experience and uh, also when we mentioned that having not, not having a sports background can also, uh, would not be like a, a big uh, thumbs down on you as a sports physical therapist. What would you advise to everyone who would want to go into sports physical therapy who has doubts like that, that I'm not into sports, but I want to go there. I'm, I, I'm a female, but some, I'm afraid that there might be some views towards female physical therapists in sport. What would you advise uh, students or uh, our colleagues probably uh, who want to go into sports but has a lot of doubts? Um, this is more of an already given fact. Okay, but this would be my advice also. So if you read up on the Code of Ethics for Sports Physical Therapists, it states that if once, you're, once you are the sports physical therapist of the team, you're, the only thing that you would focus on is the welfare of the athlete. Mm -hmm. You don't think about anything else. Now, if you would want to go into a team or if you want to be a sports physical therapist, you need to be ready that there will be times that you would forego about your own concerns. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you, were at, you need to make sure the athlete can play. You need to make sure that the athlete could perform, but you're not even sure if you're going to get paid. Oh, really? So that's a big challenge. Mm -hmm. Now, if you are really focused on this specialization, uh, uh, the third is you need to transcend <laughs> more than yourself. <laughs> like more than your personal needs, you need to make sure that you'd be able to handle the pressure outside of being a physical therapist. Also, you need to be open to a very dynamic uh, scenario. Meaning the thing that you learned yesterday might be different today. Mm -hmm. Also, in the advent of social influencers, in the advent of um, media athletes, like you have posts of 
people claiming to be athletes, but they're not athletes, but they have lots of followers. You need to be able to discern. Like, you need to know which to follow and which not to follow. Because otherwise, you it would be very difficult for you to process, to do your clinical reasoning. And sometimes you might even forget about clinical reasoning. Just because you saw a specific athlete performing this, you think that's already good. Right. So you need to make sure that you still have the most important part of being a physical therapist, clinical reasoning. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and I think that's what's more most important because as we've mentioned and discussed earlier, the field is very dynamic. You would handle the acute of the acute mm-hmm. and you will ultimately say if the patient continues or stops. So you mentioned focusing on the welfare of the players and nothing else. Was there any decision or um, event that um, you were stuck in a dilemma of uh, the, the team would want this player to continue playing, but in your opinion, he shouldn't continue? Mm. Um, when I was younger, yes. Especially mm-hmm. because I'm a young PT. Mm-hmm. Of course, the coach would be like, huh, who are you to tell that to me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it was difficult initially. But then, I think it's not just um, an isolated case in the Philippines. This is a case all, all, all over the world That's true. in sporting events. So sports physical therapists now are able to release medical waivers. Mm-hmm. So now we are protected. If you still want to make this athlete play, but I've already said as the medical practitioner not to fill them in, then you need to sign this paper to make sure that I don't have any liability for that. If in case something happens. Right. Cover cover your butt. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Because also as part of advocating for your profession, our profession, if someone doesn't agree with our decision and it's our decision and someone wants to go against it then we shouldn't be held liable for that because mm-hmm. we already said our recommendation and we're sticking to that recommendation i think that's also a bigger issue when it comes for the to the the played uh player uh, paid players right in, in mm, exactly yeah exactly they would not be paid because or, or they mm. have contracts to fulfill mm. right yes yes <laughs> all right so uh, i would like to thank you for your time and sharing your um your experience and your our knowledge with us um are you ready for the last bites my last questions yes <laughs> go ahead <laughs> okay so my first question is um what is because I, I know that you've been interviewed a lot of times for your roles in, in different teams. Um, what is something that you wish people would ask um, about you that they often look past or something that you think is worth sharing? Oh, um, okay. So aside from handling sports team, I did handle pediatric clients and I also do geriatric clients. It just goes to show that human movement is standard. It is a cross population. So I want to share, I want people to know that not because I just specialize on one field, I cannot help people on different fields, like patients with other concerns. 
Now, the reason why I'm able to do this is because I'm able to integrate knowledge to output. So I hope physical therapists would realize that our profession is output-based, meaning we need to look for results. So if you've been doing the same thing again and again, and it just doesn't work on your patient, I think you need to reconsider, no? I mean, of course, evidence would say this would work, but you need to check on your patient also. Mm -hmm. You need to see if this specific evidence is suited for him. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, evidence would not be working, so you would not be able to make your patient better, and this patient would think physical therapy doesn't work. Right. I'm glad that you said that because um, I think there's uh, a movement uh, in the whole physical therapy profession on specializations. Um, mm. However, the problem with specializations, sometimes the thinking is, I'm a sports PT, yeah? I won't mm. handle pediatrics, mm. I won't handle geriatrics. I'm in sports PT. You see someone else. But as physical therapists, we are considered as the as a movement specialist mm. and as you've mentioned i agree with you movement uh would cross all uh stages of uh, of someone's life so whatever you have learned in in that box should be applicable and should be also um can also relate to other other people mm -hmm. in, in the in the lifespan so that's a good that's a good one um thank you <laughs> <laughs> so in the realm of uh, area of pt or sports physical therapy um who, who do you lo look up to or admire wait are we looking for a sports physical therapist also uh it can be in in physical therapy general or sports and sports physical therapy Oh, because I'm thinking of athletes also. But anyway, for sports, for sports physical therapist, I am really, and I actually follow him, mm -hmm. and I even message him <laughs> because I really look up to him. Um, he's the national team. He's the physical therapist for the national team of Brazil football, so CBF. Do you know that um, he's Brazilian, so he's not really good in English before? But because he is very efficient, he is now in France, handling the top team of France, PSG. Oh. Because he was able to prove that language is not important. I, well, it is important. But the point is, if you know what you do, mm -hmm. regardless of the situation, you would be able to perform. And this is what sports physical therapy is about. Even if I am with football clubs for the longest time. If I go to a basketball club, I will be able to provide rehabilitation program. I will be able to provide assessment because it's standard, it's movement, it's human. Mm -hmm. Wow, nice. So uh, what's the name of that, Piki? Bruno and a long <laughs> last name because it's Brazilian. It's uh, difficult to pronounce. <laughs> we will search for you. <laughs> yes, CBF physiotherapist. All right. Yes. And you also mentioned earlier that you wanted to mention a uh, an athlete. You can also mention that. Who do you admire? An athlete that you want you admire? Oh, I am really looking up to Joshua Kimmich. Joshua Kimmich. Mm -hmm. He's number 32 of Bayern Munich. <laughs> <Who is that? laughs> 
What sport is uh, he's Sorry, a, sport, sport, foot, ignorance. Football, football, <laughs> German, uh, German football player. Hmm. He's super young, hmm. like super young to be in the national team to start with hmm. and to be playing for the top team of Germany. Oh. But he delivers. Again, it's not about the age. Uh-huh. It's about how much uh, devotion you would put on your cap. Because uh-huh. when I started, to, when I became the director of UP Sports Physical Therapy Clinic, I was a newly grad. So I was already talking to presidents of different universities for internship. And uh-huh. when they arrived inside the clinic, they'd look for Maria Angela Boras. And I'd uh-huh. say, ah, yes. I'm that person. Uh-huh. And they were like, ah, okay. <laughs> so I'm really inspired seeing how Kimmich, this uh, athlete, is performing well. And he even mentioned in one of his interviews that when a really good player signed for their team, he himself was starstruck. So he even acknowledged that there are other players who are better than me. Mm-hmm. And I want to be working with them because working with the best players will give me an opportunity to become a best player also, right? Right, right. So yeah, I like that. <laughs> so you, what he's saying is that he's, he want to be surrounded with the best so that they can uh, improve on themselves and be, be the best, ultimately, right? Okay, my last question is, this is uh, the, the title of the show is Piti Mio. So, um, what are the three ingredients that uh, you carry with you or you, you bring with you in your profession, in your, your general life that you think are essential? Or in other words, what are the three ingredients that make up Ange Boras? Mm. Okay, wow. Mm. Okay, that's... I'm prepared. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, um, if this is something that would uh, be involved in both my professional life and my personal life, I would say, first of all, definitely passion. Because if you like what you're doing, regardless of how difficult it is, regardless of the challenges, you would not be taken back. Like, you you would actually always find your why to move forward. And if you have the why, it would be easy to think of house. It's very easy. It would actually make you very resourceful if you're passionate about something. Um, second, I would say purpose. Because again, if you're passionate about something, but you ultimately don't know what the purpose is, this is like just going around and not knowing where you'd end up. So you need to have a purpose. And this is why I all, when I teach, I always highlight why clinical reasoning is a process that you need to master if you're a physical therapist. Because mm-hmm. it just, you know, being a physical therapist is not just one loop. If you don't practice clinical reasoning, if you stop there, then you would think, oh, okay, so I cannot handle the patient anymore. Right. But if you know it properly, even if you have two turnabouts or probably five U-turns, you would still be able to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Lastly, because I am in sports for the longest time, and I've realized how important this is, not just for sports, but for everywhere else, integrity. So you need to make sure that who you are when people see you is who you are when nobody else sees you. Mm-hmm. Especially in sports. 
you would meet different teams, you would meet different people, you need to make sure that you prioritize your integrity because they would talk about you. In a profession, people would talk about you, but you need to make sure that who you present yourself is, is who you are really. No, no pretensions, you know. Mm -hmm. It's the last thing that you'd want to do because it's so difficult to keep up with pretensions. <laughs> so better be the real you. Right. <laughs> no problem. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. eventually, it, your real self would leak out. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So might as well show your, your real self and stick yes, to it. Yes, yes. Right. That's, that's nice. So passion, purpose, and integrity. So again, I would like to thank you for your time and, and sharing your experiences and those nuggets of wisdom with us. So um, as a last one, like your mic drop moment, what do you want the audience to take away from this episode? Okay, since this is about physical therapy, but this is about life also, I hope those who would listen would... Um, Put it in their mind, in their soul, in their heart, to help become a part of a movement-driven culture. So let us prioritize movement across ages, and not just in physical movement, like movement in terms of the society. Be proactive. Movement-driven culture. There. Wow. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> right. So again, yeah, um, I really appreciate you sharing those um, Thank you. experiences we i would i'm sure that the listeners would learn a lot from this and would be inspired super thank you for inviting me i appreciate this also it's always a good opportunity to share insights because of course not everyone would i would not meet every physical therapist in the philippines so with this platform i'm able to share experience and i i don't know i might Someone from your audience might want to be a physical therapist, see? So I, I really appreciate it. If someone wants to reach out to you, um, social media, email? Hmm, they can find me on Facebook. That's mm -hmm. Ange Boras, mm -hmm. A-N-J-B-O-R-R-A-S. Mm -hmm. Or they could check um, sportorehab.com. Okay. And you also have the, your SIG also has a Facebook page, right? Yes, there is also Sports Physical Therapy Special Interest Group. All right. You can reach out to that. Then. Yes. Right. Again, thank you very much, Edge. And there you have it. Another episode of PT Male Physical Therapy Podcast. Uh, we talked about sports physical therapy with Ange Morris. It's just, uh, uh, we're just touching on the surface of what sports physical therapy is. And if you want to learn more about uh, that, you can contact Ange. Uh, she's very, she's very nice. And you can contact uh, the sports sick. So there, um, I hope you come back for our next episode and uh, see you there. Bye-bye.